Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. The big reason people do not click off is Neil Kulong. Sir, welcome. It's excellent to hear that. It's, uh, it's funny because I literally just got off a meeting about that same topic. Um, the, the concept of clicking or not clicking and a variety of different ways to look at it. But if I am somebody that uh, generates clicks and does not leave them on the table, I am I am doing my job well. It's good to hear. Thank you. Well, this is, well, but this is how I approach it. Uh, and it doesn't mean you succeed every day or every segment, please. That's not what I'm saying. But yet you have to have a goal of what you want to do with something. And to me, I want it that when the show is over, did the audience learn more? That's that to me is that's the standard I'm trying for here. The informative bucket that works. Um, you put that along with it, you define inform right. Breaking news is information. You know, you, yes. you are informing an audience that something no happened. Doubt. I think that the sweet spot is that second level of why it happened why it yes. matters and what's going to happen next. Right. That's where real content lives, in my opinion. Um, with all due respect to, to the, the fine men and women who work for me, telling people that this happened is not the challenge. You know, The, the challenge is, mm-hmm. is being enough of a subject matter expert that you can tell them where it's going. You know, What, mm-hmm. what does this mean? What are we doing with this now? Um, there's a lot of nuance that comes with that. There's a lot of complexity mm-hmm. that comes with that, and, and boiling it down in such a way that uh, what you're really doing is giving a, a highly educated opinion on something that doesn't right. seem like it's an opinion. That's yeah. the challenge. You know that that mm-hmm. takes a pro, and there are uh, a lot of places that demonstrate uh, a high acuity of that, and there are some places that have no clue at all <laughs> what it means to do that. Yeah. Um, I like to think the audience can tell the difference. Right, so let me get to a couple of players here that are in interesting spots for different reasons. One is Lamar Jackson, no agent, and then Jalen Carter out of Georgia, and Drew Rosenhaus is his agent, says we're only going to talk to top ten teams. <laughs> okay. Uh, your guy is not exactly on a roll, but that's an interesting approach. What do you think about the the two respective approaches of a the agent trying to push the name of his guy who is has been struggling, and then a quarterback highly sought after who doesn't have an agent who right now is also struggling? A great question. Um, let's start with Lamar. <clears throat> I think. The idea that an agent, the presence of an agent, and the actions of an agent would have gotten him a deal, I I don't think there's a whole lot of scientific merit to that. I'm not sure what the agent would have done um, to better convince somebody of the market. Mm -hmm. I think it's perhaps the client's and the client's requests that are holding most of this up. I think... Lamar Jackson could have signed a long-term extension for a high amount of guaranteed money last year 
uh, as well as this year. And I don't think it's even off the table yet that he can't. Um, like I said before, I'm not sure, though, at the same time that Jackson has failed in any way. Um, it, well, let me rephrase that. He has failed to reach what I feel is an unreachable mark. He wants, if we can fairly say, he is seeking a Deshaun Watson contract or the amount of guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson got. Mm-hmm. He has failed in that sense to get that as of now. His leverage increases as the draft draws near. So time will tell how that's all going to work out. Um, I don't think he's going to get that, but if the end goal is getting a, a high-level extension, I, I I don't think he needs an agent to do that, but I think he's known that. That's why he doesn't want to pay 3% on what he's going to get through his work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I might argue what he really needs is a marketing agent. Um, the image yes. part of this is really what mm-hmm. we're talking about. It's not his, right. his success or failure as a player uh, financially uh, or physically. It's what he's looking like to a lot of people uh, that don't have all access, all information of everything that's going on. Time will have to to be the the ultimate judge of all of this, but if I were betting, I would say right now he's probably going to get a very big contract extension. Um, Whether he failed or not, I guess, remains to be seen, but he won't have to pay that 3%, so there's that. Uh, As far as Carter goes, I, I think it's interesting because in Rosenhaus, He's absolutely thought of this. I'm not introducing anything he doesn't know. But a lot of times, if you want to meet with a team um, that is outside of the top ten and you're expected to go in the top ten, the idea is that team might be interested in trading up. So is it a fit? Do you want to get to know everybody who's out there? Um, My guess would be uh, it's more damage-related than anything. Um, He's got some questions, I think. And they're making a calculated guess that the more they talk about it, the less beneficial it's going to be for them. And there's some value to that. You know, it, it, it's not very dissimilar to the idea that you saw me run this season. I don't need to show you that I'm really fast. You know I'm really mm. fast. I'm yeah. not going to put a measurement on it at the combine mm. in a cold environment. Uh, I'm not in, you know, I'm in great shape, but I'm not in, you know, week two shape. I don't have the hits on me. Something could pop. I'm going to look bad. I'm not going to take the risk. I don't need to. I can sell Mm. on what I've done. Um, I don't think Carter needs to speak to half the NFL to to convince people of this or that or the other thing. Um, He has the ability to control the narrative as much as possible by not speaking to anybody and putting the guys on it that you're not in the top 10, my client's not going to be in the top 10, we're not going to waste our time or yours. What they're really saying is we don't want to speak about this uh, as often as everyone's going to want us to because we start doing that, then we've got every team coming to want to mm-hmm. talk to us That's right. Uh, because they all want to hear about this. The more I talk about it, it Rosenhaus knows all those teams are interconnected. You know, They're, they're all completely incestuous they're going to speak to one another at, at some level. Information is going to get out. They told this team this. He told this team that. It, it, it can only end badly for him doing that. So I, I think what they're really saying is 
we are trying to control the damage as much as possible and we can do this because the market absolutely suggests my client should not be available with the 11th pick in, in the draft and he's not going to be so I, I don't blame him for that uh, there is some value to that um, if they wanted to address it I think they just would have you know Rosenhaus would have just called a press conference and had him talk about it you know right. issue a statement mm-hmm. uh, they, they can take care of, of that part of it if that's what they want to do but the idea that um, he's speaking to, I don't know, Washington, who's drafting, what, 16, um, suggests to 31 other teams in the NFL that he feels his stock is falling. So that's a reflection of what he's hearing from teams now. Sure. That lowers right. his value again. So I, I don't think he has anything to gain. Um, that's really why he's not doing it. I think Rosenhaus just puts the, the curtain on it. Uh, yeah. To make it legitimate, which it's reasonable, it's fair in my opinion. I, I don't, I, I don't know how he gets past five. You know, I really don't. The guy is an absolute beast of a player. Um, mm-hmm. There are some issues in there, but let's be honest here. It, biggest cliche in, in the NFL is they ain't Boy Scouts. You know, a lot of them have issues uh, pertaining to things that happened off the mm-hmm. field that aren't very good. Um, players play, and that, that's that's what they're paying them to do. Uh, they got enough opportunity to speak to him to figure out um, if his character is enough for them to invest billions of dollars into uh, with a high draft pick. And they're they're going to get the the play on the field to match that. If they're comfortable with it, they'll do it. And I, I don't I don't see Pete Carroll not taking him at five. Right, that's five. that's I, the I really thing. Don't. The Seahawks and Pete Carroll will do it. I mean, you have to always yeah. pick out the personality. Well, how many times he's done that? Right. I mean, the the personality of, in other words, back in the day, Al Davis and the Raiders, if they were picking five, they do it, right? Because yep. talent trumps talent trumps all, uh, and and that's the way it is with Pete Carroll, right? Talent is the key, and this guy has it. Uh, I, I do have to. I got to ask you one more. That's a little bit different, but it's interesting. That beautiful stadium in Minneapolis, and I've been by it so many times because we stayed at the at the Marriott, like three, four blocks away from it. Gorgeous. I, did you see the numerical projections of how much money they have to keep putting into it every single year? It's something like thirty million a season, right? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, it, it, it's you, you dip into the the, the A section, um, local politics. There were a lot of things that happened to get that stadium built. Oh, I know. And I, I think what we're seeing is the the fine print agreement uh, that basically got the price tag down to the point where people were going to be comfortable enough to to, to vote it through. Uh, and, and we're seeing the price of that now. I would like to point out personally as a Twin Cities resident that um, I wasn't a constituent when they voted for the stadium. But now <laughs> right. I'm pay for the renovations that come into it. And it, it's it, it's how these things work. And you have to think there's the, the era of teams really strong-arming Communities to get these stadiums built could be at an end now 
Well, and this well, is you really why the NFL is is largely, uh, in my opinion, anyway, uh, forcing a staunch "I'm not going anywhere" guy like Daniel Snyder to yeah. sell the team now because there's no way in hell they're getting the stadium built wow. in DC or anywhere in the surrounding area as long as Daniel Snyder's involved with it, and they oh, know that. It- Again, they you you want to know why they no longer have the Los Angeles chip. Yep, exactly. And London chip isn't any stronger than it was ten years no. ago. They're not doing that no. without at least one other team going over there. Uh, it, they they don't have ground to move around, and no. you're you're not it, Minnesota. It probably has one of the last largely uh, community built stadiums, taxpayer. Yeah funded stadium. Let me rephrase that. That's not correct. The taxpayers are going to pay for it in the long run now. They're not going to pay as much up front. This is how they're going to be able to to get these Mm -hmm. deals done um, with politicians uh, who in some cases have term limits that want to be able to say they were behind getting the new stadium built in in the positive way and then not be around when the real bill starts to to compile. And from what I saw of it, (laughs) <laughs> something like what five ten percent a year uh, of right. of the total stadium costs for like another thirty years or something like that. So it's like wow, that that's that's a lot. I mean, I I haven't had the opportunity to look at like an itemized list of what they're doing. And you're right, it's a gorgeous stadium. Uh, I w- I was at a, a concert there this summer. Um, it's built for noise <laughs> for sure. It's a great experience. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, my my friends who have season tickets all say it's great. Um, yep. I think it, it, in, in some ways it's good for the community. Um, it's just a huge price tag, and mm-hmm. it, one that is going to end up being considerably uh, larger than what uh, people thought they were getting into when they voted for it, what, 10 years ago? Uh, and it was built, what, six, seven years ago? Something to that effect. Yeah. yeah. Seven years old. Needs, you know. They project already, we'll need two hundred. We'll need two hundred million, eighty million dollars in maintenance over the years. <laughs> okay. I, I, here's what I wonder: that this is the interesting part of this because this was a big thing this summer when FIFA doesn't want games played on artificial turf. That's right. So the NFL stadiums that wanted to get World Cup action um, had to convert. Some mm-hmm. of them did. Some didn't. Um, some of them have massive problems anyway, like another new controversially built uh, stadium out in uh, in New York, New Jersey. Uh, mm-hmm. They had to replace their entire field because people's limbs kept cracking every time they walked on it. So they had to do something I mean, about that. Sure, that sounds um, big, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bad for your product. I don't know. <laughs> You're in the crosshairs of the union literally every week over this. We probably should step in and do something about it, but it, it kind of makes you wonder um, how functionally operable is it going to be for them to replace field turf, whatever it's called today, with natural grass, some type of natural surface, and back again for the sake of drawing in big international soccer matches. Yeah, um, I, it, I, you know, it's not my money. I can't look at it pro and con. But if, if you want to be the big destination place like Jerry's World, uh, you're going to want to have that. And that's what he's doing. Um, mm-hmm. I, they, they've always had it natural in Arizona, and they have the ability to do that. They can you know, shuffle the stuff in and out uh, in right. our stadium and have the grass live outside primarily and have it come inside right. for, for game days. 
Las um, Vegas the same. Not be able to do that for obvious reasons. But uh, Minneapolis probably Minneapolis has a great venue, but they are full uh, field turf, and they're not able to put natural grass in. They have a soccer stadium in in St. Paul that can't host a World Cup game uh, that is grass, and that's that's the reason that stadium is there. So uh, that I, I, those politics, I think, make it more interesting. And the, the huge uh, Seattle, for example, a huge soccer presence out there. You can see them making that investment and having that uh, make some sense. But a lot of that money, you got to think it, it's, it's something to do with uh, the ability to draw in international soccer competition. Hmm. See, we talk about a wide variety here. So, my friend, you're the best. Appreciate you. Definitely. Thank you, sir. You guys have a good one. You bet.